Nation. All right, what's happening? Welcome into the Buffs Nation podcast. Finally have a game to talk about. It is game week. See you at TCU. Colorado at TCU. I like that. A little, little better flair. I'm Tyler Walji. He's Jared All. How you feeling? You pumped up? I am more excited than I can remember in any season in a long time. It feels like this fairy tale is like we're finally there, right? This whole thing has just kind of been a fairy tale mm, all off fairy season. Tale. And now we get to actually watch the bus on the field, prime time on the sidelines. I can't wait. Yeah, it's like hearing about a really good steak or expensive meal, and then you finally get there and you're about to eat. I was thinking a movie release. That's kind of what I was thinking, right? Like you've been hearing all sure. season, all year about it coming out. Producer Ryan, how you feeling? How you doing? Pumped, baby, pumped. Now, uh, you got here uh, late. How the roads? How the Colorado roads at this uh, rush hour afternoon? Uh, not great, but no. uh, I think it's just because school's back in. So, What is it about <laughs> school being back in that causes more traffic? Aren't? people still going to work when kids are not in it's because high school kids can't drive i live right by a high school and it drives me crazy yeah oh, i have to drive God. through like three different high schools getting here. <laughs> it's it's a lot <laughs> all right so let's get to it uh we got a few things to hit on before we break down colorado at tcu and we'll talk about some matchups keys to the game i've got i think my three very important keys to the game because look it's like on a lot of different preview shows for a lot of different outlets. You hear the same nonsense for what you got to do. You got to do. I think these specific three keys are are unique to this game, and we're going to see the uh, have to see the Buffs do those if they're going to win. But let's start off with with uh, some news. Uh, did you see the jerseys that they're probably going to be wearing? No, has it? I didn't know this. So you got to look at it. Well, that's it's out a little there. I, I heard white on white. Not only is is Coach Prime a master of the media and personality, and hopefully football. Well, we've seen so far he is. I know he can play, but uh, uh, these little drops, these little nuggets of information they'll put on the Well Off Media, the YouTube channel. Sure. And so, like early on, it was the cleats, right? They didn't say anything about the cleats. You just saw a little bit in the background, and then eventually, a couple weeks later, you learn about uh, the the cleats they're bringing back. I think they're uh, some prime cleats. I was reading an yeah. article today about it. It's really cool. So they did, they did the same thing with the jersey, right? In a in a uh, Instagram post, just in the corner of a shot, I think it's Bossy, his daughter. She's on a little bit talking. Just in the corner, you can see a white on white jersey with gold letters or gold numbers. It looks it looks sleek. It looks awesome. It looks. And this is what I, I mean. Coach Prime said this, and I think it was his first or second interview. He's like, the, the jerseys may change. There's going to be some change around here. We may even change how we look. So I'm fine with all this. Now, you know what's going to be, take some getting used to. I did see at one of the scrimmages, Shadur had a, uh, a, a black helmet on with a white stripe. Yeah. Did you I, see the white stripe? I am by no way the the expert in the subject of what jerseys should and shouldn't <laughs> or look fashion. like. Or fashion. I mean, you always look like general, you got dressed in the dark. I, I got to say, that's one that I see, and I'm like, I, I thought to myself, I hope that they don't have the stripe in the season. I, yeah, I well, like the classic, in regardless of the color of the, the helmet, I like the regular old buff. No, I thought helmet, the same thing. So. When, when I first saw it, my, fir- my very first thought was like, mm. well, but, but alternate, we're just, maybe one time, maybe. But we're just classic. We're old school. We like that. Did you see this, Ryan? Uh, no, I didn't see the helmet uh, in question. What would but, you think uh, about the white stripe down the, the black helmet? Obviously, it'd be for like a white and black combo. I right? guess it would be. I'd have to see what the logo on the side. No, it was just the, it's a classic. Yeah, no, black I know, helmet. but uh, oh, it's, it's just black. It, it, well, no, it was the black one with the with the uh, the classic yeah, CU logo, not uh, like the Ralphie one, like the the updated unique Ralphie one. It was the classic helmet logo, black with a white stripe. Yeah, I don't weird. think I like that. <laughs> it yeah, looked weird. Yeah, it definitely looked weird. But, but, look. but if there's one thing that I will definitely say, prime time and I, where we are not on the same level. 
It's the fashion. I, I think my oh, man's God. got a like slight, really, just a slight. You can go fashion, bank account, okay. personality. <laughs> Jared with the breaking news. Huh? <laughs> uh, athleticism. Well, the other thing I, I <laughs> see, I saw this on. I think it was the during the the uh, Navy and Notre Dame game. I might be mixing up what game it was. Where this information was kind of like dropped by ESPN that this mm-hmm. was going to be the jersey combo. And some I heard about sunglasses. They're going to be coming yeah, so, out with sunglasses. Okay, well, well, again, this was rumored for a little bit, but. It was, uh, I think Aaron Andrews was the one to officially break it. But yeah, they got a deal with Louis Vuitton, I believe, and they're all going to be wearing the shades. Now, look, I love all this. It's, it comes with uh, Coach Prime, but they got to show up. And that's yeah. exactly the truth, right? Uh, the, it, certain guys, this can get in your head. This can get in the way of how you perform when you show up. Maybe your head's not 100% in it. But, you know, that's, again, no, goes back to the, the mantra that is Deion Sanders' prime time. He's always been about, sure. I mean, what, what's the, the quote? They have it up on the wall. You know, you you look good, you Which feel one? good, you feel good, you you play good, you play good, you get paid good. Yeah, well, right. That's the I think you butchered you it, but have. we get the point. <laughs> um, so that was pretty cool. The 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 shades, the white and gold. So that's gonna at least see who's gonna look like a, a new team. Well, hell, across the board. That's what we can get excited sure. about. New team uh, all, all across the board. All right, uh, Tyler Brown. Bad news here. NCAA denying Tyler Brown's request uh, for eligibility this year. Tyler Brown was a two-time transfer. You obviously get one free transfer, and you can apply to play under certain stipulations for a, a second year immediately under a second transfer. Yeah, the hardship waiver is what they call that. Yeah, and so uh, Tyler Brown uh, submitted his whatever it was called, request or paperwork, and it was denied. Now, apparently th- this year there was a lot of denials, a lot of mental health denials, and it seems like the NCAA is approaching this from a flat-out Mm-hmm. Mental health is the reason you're trans. Okay, and you know what? I- I'm going to say this: that that is so unacceptable for a lot of reasons for the NCAA to kind of take that that stance, if you will. But uh, I'm sure there's been a lot of players who've used that as an excuse over the last couple of years. It's like, uh, uh, well, you don't get a second free transfer. Oh, okay, mental health. And so for Tyler Brown and Coach Prime went into this in detail in his uh, one of his recent interviews. Tyler Brown's dealt with a lot of stuff. He saw his father, his father figure, have a heart attack and die on the football field. He has pretty much looked to Coach Prime as a father figure. You know, he's going. I guess I learned this today watching the interview, but I guess he's actively going to counseling and trying to better himself. And this is not your your classic situation of of even average mental health. This is a serious thing. So for the NCAA, you know, shame on them is how I feel about this. And I'm not. I don't want to be all. You know, sanctimonious up here, and and thou shalt. But but I felt like they got this one wrong, and I know I'm biased. I'm a CU fan, but I think they got this one wrong. And the NCAA once again, it's like the what's the game show where you spin the wheel and it lands on a random like Wheel of Fortune, right? Yeah. It's like the the NCAA Wheel of Fortune punishment, right? Is it gonna be three games or a year or nothing for Jim Harbaugh? Is it gonna be yes or no for Tyler Brown? You just don't know with the NCAA, and once again, they're driving me crazy. And for me, more than anything, this shows how little the NCAA truly actually cares about the student-athletes, right? All this whole thing, their pushback against NIL and everything for so long was all about protecting the integrity of the student-athlete, protecting these kids from the dangers. They don't care. It was all about money out of their pocket. And this situation for me is, is a very clear situation where I believe the NCAA is trying to send a message to Deion Sanders and the Colorado football team saying, we don't appreciate how you have 
you know, utilize the system that's in place, but pushed a boundary on this transfer portal that has never been seen before. And this was a way for them to say, no, you don't get this one. Well, I'm sure it didn't help, but I think something that kind of goes against that is it was across the board. A lot of players in NCAA this year wasn't picking and choosing. It seems like the, the answer was largely no this year with the NCAA. And I don't even know, Jared, if they don't care. I think they might care, but I think the NCAA may be, may be so inept and so... I mean, nearsighted, they, they don't do much right at all. It's sort of like the, 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 the government, right? Everyone's sort of like, uh, well, everyone sort of knows that. Yeah. With Tyler, or, uh, uh, Tyler Brown? Is it? Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Brown. Yeah. Uh, along with many, many others, is, is starting to get the rumblings going about what, how, what, are, what is the next step? How does this move forward? These are now semi-professional athletes, essentially, right? They're not getting paid by the schools, but they're able to make money. They're able to do things like unionize, like do things that may be sparked if the NCAA continues to make bad decisions like this. All right, last piece of news here. Uh, Juju Mitchell, new addition to CU's roster. He was, He's a good linebacker. He's played at Texas, Tennessee. I think he's got 21 starts in his career. He was on the Arizona State roster and was uh, recently kicked off from Coach Kenny Dillingham, one of the youngest coaches in college football. Um, and you know, I, I really don't mind that because in college football, you're going to get a lot of this. I mean, players are going to get kicked off and I'm not, I don't want to normalize this and make it seem okay. But from what I've heard from, uh, uh, coach Hart, the linebackers coach, this is what they've done in their career. You know, coach Hart's worked with uh, coach prime for a long time. They bring kids in who have had trouble, have had issues and they straighten them out. You know, I mean, New place, new opportunity. I, I think it's good to give people second chances, and uh, it's it's going to be great to see him on the roster. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to play that much. It, Coach Hart says he could play by two week two or three, but I wonder, you know, the room because you know there's not that much rotation typically at the linebacker position. Um, but I did hear Coach Hart on an interview today. Uh, go check that out on the pregame show. Some good content there. But um, he named the the, the linebackers who are going to play. So we we know based on what he said. You know, maybe he's throwing a curveball here. Not sure, but he said uh, when we see nickel linebacker, uh, the package nickel, it should be uh, Ham and Bentley. So Marvin Ham and uh, uh, Levante, uh, Levante Bentley. It should be the two linebackers there. And then when it's like more of a third down, maybe wide open packages, more Demoy Kennedy. So those are the three names he mentioned so far. We can expect to see them largely on the field. But he did say again, largely, or uh, you don't usually rotate linebackers, but he may do that a little bit more. Cool to see, though. You know, the, the, the linebacker room, apparently some, some of the guys thought they had the starting job locked up. You get a little, you get a little lax, and then someone new in the room who's a, a baller, and it wakes and you up like a little it bit. It just continues to build on the message that this coaching staff has put in, that it's always a competition. You earn everything you get, and if you have an opportunity to bring in a very talented player that you think can help your team, you do that, even at the cost, potentially, of somebody's playing time, because this guy can better your team. All right, uh, let's get to my three keys to the game. CU at TCU. Colorado opening the season at uh, 10 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time on Saturday. It's the big noon kickoff on Fox. All the eyes in the country going to be on the uh, Colorado Buffaloes. So I've got my three keys to the game that I think are crucial if CU's going to find a way to win or make this one hell of a game. One of those two things. Now, I've got some obvious things. Like I said before, I'm going to save those for after. Okay, let's just go one through three. Number one, in my opinion, the most important thing in this game is the CU defense. 
okay, what is this defense going to look like overall? I'm not even going to focus on the line, linebacker, secondary. Overall, this defense has to show up. To me, that's the number one factor in this entire game. Right now, the over-under is 64. So let's do some math. That's a TCU minus 20 right now about. That means the expected score in the sports betting market is 42-22 TCU. That's what, that's what you know, the average fan who's betting on this thinks is going to happen. 42 points, giving that up, that's, that's not going to keep you in any games on the road against the uh, runner-up last year who played George in the national championship. I believe CU is going to look like such a new team this year. It's obviously we all do. It's one of the things we're excited about. New team, new players, new coaching staff. But it's so imperative that the defense do everything they can to slow TCU down, who, by the way, we'll talk about it in a few minutes, doesn't have the same offense they did last year. A lot not of missing same. pieces there. And, and I think that that's, that's my number one key. Now, I'm not saying the offense doesn't have to play well. That's not When you say a key to the game, that's not like ignoring everything else you're not talking about. But if you're going to boil it down to one most important thing, I believe defense as a whole is going to be the, the factor for the buffs. And when I look at the way that TCU's roster plays out in terms of returning guys, systems, things like that, as we just mentioned, they lost a lot of production off the offense. They also lost, lost their offensive coordinator, a big name guy in uh, Riley, Garrett Riley, Garrett Riley right? yeah. uh, brother of Lincoln Riley. So obviously very well known. We know what their offense did last year. So I, 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 really agree with you on the the idea of the importance of the defense because I think when you look across the ball at TCU that's a, a factor they don't really know where they're at and nobody really knows what you're going to expect to see out of this offense so if you can set the tone early defensively not let them get in that rhythm similar to by the way how, what the Buffs did last year with this offense if we all remember this was a very low scoring game that the Buffs were in all the way up until the end last year yeah, even yep. as inept as they were I think you have to do the same thing to keep yourself in this game you can't let that offense get going early I don't want to shoot out I, that, that's going to be bad news to see who has to score on, on half or three-fourths of their drives, and you put that pressure on this offense initially, and Sean Lewis and, and, and Shadur, you don't want to do that. So I think, number one defense, Ryan, what do you think about that? I mean, look, I, I know it's kind of broad for the number one factor, just defense, but I really believe it's going to come down to that. What do you think? Well, I think uh, a huge thing that's going to play a part in this game is, which the defense can take advantage of, is TCU doesn't know what they're really going to run. Um, so I think you mean like can, what the Buffs are going to run? Yeah, as yeah. far as defensively goes, uh, even offensively, but uh, defensively they can take advantage of maybe some early TCU mistakes. Hopefully, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, so I think they kind of have uh, an upper hand a little bit, uh, especially early. Um, so yeah, go out there and establish you know a tone. Okay, my number two key to the game: the line play on both sides of the football, offensive line and defensive line. Mm -hmm. We have to stay competitive at the line of scrimmage. And I know that we've spent a lot of time, other outlets have spent a lot of time talking about Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn, etc. As we should. I mean, you know, they're going to get the ball a lot. That's usually what the players are going to get a lot of the press. But it really does all come down to the offensive and defensive line. And I, right now going in, I probably have more faith in the defensive line. I think they're a little deeper. Coach Sal, you talk about one of the best coaches in the <laughs> I saw one of the YouTube videos. I don't know whether it was picture day or it was just a team event, but they were a lot of the players were wearing like the same black polo, CU polo. I mean, they look clean. They all looked, you know, it looked like a picture day. You know, you're going to get your pictures taken. All the coaches, clean cut, 
wearing the polos, looking sharp. All of them except Coach Sally. He's wearing some ill-fitting hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> He's just walking through. He's I love, the best. I love Coach Sally, man. But uh, I, I, I trust him and the depth and, and these defensive names we see on the line. I don't know what the hell we're going to get for offensive line, and that terrifies me going in. Yeah. That's the one thing in the entire team right now that it's like, it could be all over the... I have no idea what to expect. And for me, Tyler, this is my number one factor is the Buffs' O-line and how they perform against the D-line. When you look at the TCU defense, that is the weakness of this defense, or at least the biggest question mark, I should say. They return very little production from their front. They, they run more of a three-man front, but their front D-line, they have a lot of experience in the secondary. They don't have a lot of front. I think if you can establish the tone early, especially... In the running game. I think that is really important with this O-line. Get aggressive. Put these guys on their heels. We know Sean Lewis wants to move quickly. I think in that first drive, if you can get a couple of chunk runs, get these guys on their heels where they're kind of playing, you know, from behind, kind of trying to keep up with you. I really think that's important for this O-line to not only give themselves confidence, but give all this talent that they brought in, the confidence that they have gained through this offseason. I think if you can have a couple of very successful drives early, that's going to be big for this offense. Uh, missing Tyler Brown's definitely going to hurt the offensive line, but that's something to watch, absolutely. All right, my number three, key to the game. So far, number one has been the Buffs defense overall. Number two, line of scrimmage, both offense, defense. Number three, no self-inflicted damage. If CU's got a chance of winning this game or staying in this game, we've got to see no or very few missed assignments, right? It's the first week of the season. You don't get a preseason. You expect a few mix-ups here or there. But, I mean, what what you can't do is spot TCU a touchdown with a wide-open receiver because of a blown coverage. No stupid turnovers, you know? You can't... It's like if you run an RPO and the quarterback thinks he's handed it off and the running back does it. These little mistakes are going to get you on the road to TCU week one. The Buffs have to give themselves a chance. It's crucial. They play a clean game. Look at week zero. Hawaii goes to Vandy, plays one heck of a game on the road, but loses 35-28, largely because they lost a turnover battle 2 nothing. I saw the same with San Jose State and USC. That was 21-14 at half line, yeah. or at halftime. Why? Because San Jose State didn't really make any mistakes in the first half. They had one penalty in the first half compared to like five or six for USC. We see it time after time, week after week. If you don't make mistakes, it makes it so much tougher for your opponent to win. And honestly, I believe that, that fans in general don't value how important turnovers are enough. Historically, you win the game outright if you win the turnover battle about 70% of the time. 70% of, that's a huge yeah. number. It's it just You just win the turnover battle, and that's like one of the main factors. So I don't think it gets talked about enough, right? Now, the type of turnover matters. A fumble in your uh, a fumble in the red zone when you're about to score is different than a pick in your own red zone, or your green zone, I guess they'd call it, you know, to the other team. So there are different kinds of turnovers, but over, overall, it's so important that you don't have those dumb penalties. You don't make those dumb turnovers. No blown you know, assignments, so you can't hurt yourself. Yeah, discipline, right? Discipline, not only in terms of don't make stupid penalties, don't you know, miss assignments, but you know, filling your lanes is a defense, right? You know, making sure everybody's new to this, right? Everybody on this team is new to this system, new to this program. That's a lot to put together all at once. In fact, I think you almost have to be honest with yourself knowing going in there's gonna be some mistakes in that first half right you have to mitigate those mistakes because there's so many new moving parts and we're gonna learn a lot we're gonna learn a lot about how disciplined this team is and and how you know 
well structured and how well they understand the offense and the defense. I'm just excited to see. I mean, Coach Prime oh, seems. Sure. All, I have no idea what to expect. Well, if you crazy. think we're excited, imagine how those players feel. <laughs> I know, so, man. like you know, just like Jared said with the discipline, you know, they really need to make sure that they don't come out and shoot themselves in the foot because they're too excited. You know, Coach yep. Prime's first game, and not only is it the first game of the year, it's a big game. I mean, TCU no is 17 in the country. So on Fox, yep. on Fox, everybody's watching you. Let's go. All right. Now, a couple obvious things before we get into the actual uh, breakdown. Remember, if uh, you want to bet this game and other games VIG free, that means that pesky minus 110, you can get rid of that and essentially start betting risk free. Check out betteredge.com. That's B E T T O R edge.com. Put in promo code BUFFS for a free 20 bucks. So sign up, put in the promo code BUFFS, see how you like it with a free 20. If you don't like it, there you go. Don't go back, but you get a free 20 bucks with Better Edge with promo code BUFFS. Um, all right, so the obvious things. These aren't. These didn't make my top three. Like like he's the game, but number one, coaches have to be ready. You know, and this means. You remember when uh, Nathaniel Hackett last year? A lot of Broncos fans listen to this show. When mm-hmm. when Nathaniel Hackett in the NFL for the Denver Broncos had trouble getting plays in. You know, I, I don't expect that this year because Sean Lewis. I mean, we've got coaches who have experience here, but you know, coaches have to be ready. We don't often think about that. You know, they they've got to. Uh, the play calling has to be effective. Communication has to be efficient on the sidelines. And by the way, the sidelines have to be organized. And I think they will. This isn't some like thing I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to. I think they will, but that's very important. Also, I want to see some life on the sidelines. Last year, oh, there it like they're be. having a, a, a tea party, you know, <laughs> like, like, like they're all standing in, in church, you know, like a funeral. It's like, let's get excited. Can we please have a little emotion on the sideline uh, this year? Number two, the players have to be ready and play like a team. One of the main concerns with all these transfers, all these new faces, you know, they've never played together before. Chemistry is going to be an obvious issue from the get-go. And I want to see this defense, this offensive line, collectively look really good, look really smooth. Uh, Look, it's easier said than done. As we've said a couple times, week one, you're going to get some weird stuff. But that, to me, is so important. You can't win games if you don't play like a team. Can the Buffs play like a team? I think that's something to watch. And then finally, we can't ignore special teams. We cannot ignore... How big punts and punt returns and field position is going to be this game? Field goals. And the Buffs right now have apparently three field goal kickers who are right in the mix. I'm not sure if it's going to be Mata, Fieldy, what we're going to see. But special teams can't be ignored. We have to mention that. So uh, you guys have anything to add before we break down TCU? I think really uh, to, to build off what you talked about with the coaching staff, you, you mentioned it. There's a lot of experience. But there's a lot of guys, you know, Sean Lewis being one of them. He was the head man last year. Now he's coming in as offensive coordinator. You know, how well they all kind of pair and work together within that. And then and in terms of the, the chemistry within that, I think defensively is where you're really going to see that. There's a lot of unspoken communication that happens defensively on where you line up, where you're supposed to be, who right. your, you know, your read is, what you are reacting to at all times. So that one to me is one that I think, will be worth monitoring through this first half, especially because, again, you're going up against an offense where you don't really know what you're getting. You're going to have to adjust on the fly, right? As you're reacting to what TCU brings out, you're going to have to adjust what you start doing and, and how you continue to go through the game. All right, so what we're going to do is break down TCU, what they're going to look like as a team. Look, we've talked about the Buffs roster for the last several weeks, so now it's time to look at their opponent, and then we're going to talk about the matchups, what we can expect to see uh, in terms of some of these matchups. But overall, 
I personally expect major regression from the national runner-up one season ago. TCU only brings back 10 starters, three on the offensive side of the football. I mean, they lost 41 Letterman last year. It's a lot of players to replace. I personally think that we see... Uh, I believe in Sonny Dykes. I think he's a, he's a good coach, but I don't think they're going to look near how they did last year. They lose Max Duggan. They lose four of their top five rushers. They lose seven of their top 10 targets in terms of receiver. Offense, major questions. Defense should be pretty good. Defense be good should test. actually improve on what we saw, I think, from last year. There are a bit more returners there, especially in the secondary and the linebacking court. Let's start off, though, with TCU's defense against the Colorado offense. When the Buffs have the football, what's TCU going to look like? Why don't you guys first start off by t- t- talking about the difference in the formation, right? TCU, typically you'll see them in more of like a 3-3-5 three, three, type of set. So talk about what that means in terms of uh, what it's going to look like on the field. Well, and a lot of defenses have gone to this, either the 4-2-5 or like a 3-3-5. Three, three, and for those who didn't grow up playing football, what we're talking about is defensive linemen, three guys. There's three guys in the linebacking core, and then you're looking at five guys in the Which is totally backs. unique. It's a lot more difficult to prepare for a 3-3-5 three, three, than you would It allows you, you to be more flexible, right? You can line yourself up in run stuffing fronts by bringing your linebackers down, but it also puts you, you in a better mean, It allows the defense spot. to be flexible. Sure, 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 sure. Oh, yeah defense to be flexible so that you don't have to switch personnel as the offense tries to do different things. That's where oftentimes defenses get put in a bad spot. You have a big defensive front out there and then the buffs try to get aggressive, try to move quickly. It's hard to react to. So we've only got three big guys out there, a little bit easier for them to react to that. Well, and you've got to figure that a big part of TCU's game plan, just to test out what C looks like early on on the offensive line, has to be pressure and stopping the run with three or four players, right? Because obviously with a 3-3-5, you can still bring pressure from anywhere on the field. So I think the TCU is going to want to test it out. How can we get to Shadur with three rushers, with four rushers? I mean, that's going to be a, a nightmare to move the football if the answer is yes. But I think that's the first place to start with the formation they run. Uh, tra- uh, Travis Hunter on the outside. We've talked about him as being probably one of the lead targets. I'm not sure how many snaps he's going to get. We we're going to learn that in the fir- first week. But Travis Hunter... Um, is is likely going to be the number one for the, for, for the Buffs. We got uh, Xavier Weaver, Jimmy Horn, and it's going to be tough on the outside when you look at the cornerbacks that TCU has, or the, at least they brought in. Now, Jared, you mentioned that they've got uh, seven starters back, a lot of talent back on the defensive side of the football. Uh, Josh Newton is a first-team All-Big uh, 12 cornerback last year. He all over the field. I mean, he was tough to throw on. Avery... And then on the other side of the football, or on the side of the field, Avery Helm transferred from Florida. So well, and they they did lose a big time, and I'm slipping on him a big time cornerback. He's got a nightmare of a name. It's a long one uh, that went to the NFL this last year. Was it Tom Travis Hodges Tomlinson? Yeah, there we go. It's yeah. a long one. Okay, it was a lot of. <laughs> we got to get an acronym for that one. Belongs but, on a Russian but, uh, hockey roster. So that's obviously a big <laughs> loss for them. But you mentioned bringing in Avery Helm, a transfer from Florida, a guy that's used to big time football. Uh, you know, amongst just something we didn't mention really at, at the start here is obviously everybody in the country is talking about CU in the transfers, but TCU behind CU was one of the most active in the transfer portal, bringing guys in. Yeah, let's talk about another one of those transfers. Starting strong safety, Mark Perry. That sound familiar to you guys? <laughs> yeah, and he he was a big presence for TCU last year yeah. as well. No, he was, w- w- well, with the buffs. No, no, last year was his first year with TCU. Well, that, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah he was to a TCU and last he year. He was their second leading tackler no, 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 last no, no, no. year. That, that's true. Uh, uh, that's correct. I, I'm mistaken there. That's going to be a fun matchup to see still, though. Yes. And I wonder, what do players think who got out right before Coach Prime? You know, like Mark Perry, like uh, Brendan Rice. Yeah. Sure. You know, yeah. you wonder. I mean, I don't I'm know sure if they wonder around. as well. Yeah, exactly. But uh, my point here is 
really good secondary. So yeah. with this three three five, you have to have a, a secondary to kind of keep everything there intact. I think it's going to be great to watch on the outside. I don't know who they're going to put on Travis. I don't know who they're going to put on Jimmy. Uh, obviously, their fastest guy is going to cover Jimmy likely, but I don't even know if they're going to follow him all over the field. That's all speculation. It's going to be fun, though, to see how they match yeah. up because the secondary is very good at TCU. All right, let's get to some of their linebackers. Uh, Johnny Hodges, Jamoy Hodge, Hodges and Hodge. Uh, uh, and then uh, Millard Bradford? Millard or Millard? Look, this is the first time I'm looking at CU's ro- <laughs> TCU's roster. So, anyway, um, what I've what I've read about the uh, linebackers, Phil Steele has them ranked uh, fifth overall in the Big 12, right there, middle of the pack for okay. the Big 12, but good talent pretty quick on the outside. I think, honestly, based on what I've seen, what I've read, they have some speed, and they're pretty athletic, but, you know, I think CU's tight ends in the middle of the field could kind of be the battleground where this game's won or lost, at least for CU's offense. Can these linebackers cover in this 3-3-5 set? What kind of speed do they have to not only match up with, with the speed the buffs have, but the size that some of these tight ends are going to present? I think there may be some matchup issues there at the linebacker position for TCU. But again, the 3-3-5, they, they do bring back some pieces there at linebacker. Uh, on the defensive line, Jared, I mentioned this transfer earlier, Tyman Mitchell from Georgia, good defensive lineman. Yeah, um, he. I think he played eight games last couple of years at Georgia, so he's definitely got some talent there. Uh, they've definitely got some talent on the defensive line. but And they're big boys. They all, I think all, all their starters are listed like 6'3 plus and 310 pounds or more, so all three of the defensive starters are big boys. Yeah, very key in a 3-3-5. Yeah, um, let's see. They also added uh, Rick Diabreu from Eastern Carolina in the uh, transfer portal. But uh, a lot of production back on the defensive line. So good, strong, stout defensive line. I think what um, we're going to see from TCU, just looking at them in a projection of their season, I think you're actually going to see a much more similar TCU team to what we've expected to see in the past prior to the 2022 season, right? A more stout defense, a team that's going to run the ball, be a run-first offense, and kind of lean on that defense, on controlling right. the game well, no, more than last the year, explosive offense we saw last year. Well, last year, year TCU yeah. didn't necessarily rely on the defense. Defense to win. Last no. year, I mean, look, you look at some of these wins. They beat SMU 42-34. They yeah. beat Oklahoma 55-24. They beat Kansas 38-31. They beat Oklahoma State 43-40. It was just that pesky bus defense that kept them down last year. Look, no, but they moved the football. Right. That's how they won last year. Yes. You know, they moved the football. They won with their offense. I'm not so sure they're going to be able to do that again this year. So if they do revert back to that defensive style, it's probably going to have to start with, you know, with these guys up front. But overall, just because we don't know what to expect from the CU offensive line quite yet, I'm not going to go into individual player breakdowns like with the, the tackles, things like that. But um, it's going to be great, great to watch. I think overall, if you break it down, defensive line, linebacker, secondary. The secondary to me is there is is TCU's uh, best unit. I mean, we're talking very, very, very good secondary. Yep. Uh, second, I'd say the defensive line. Good defensive line. They can clog things up. Maybe not a lot of... Look, I'm not sure about NFL talent right now, but defensive line, I'd say, is second out of those three. And then linebackers, as I mentioned earlier. I believe if CU is going to find somewhere to uh, to gain an edge, could be at the linebacker position with TCU. So, all right, that says TCU's defense against the Buffs offensively. Um, we mentioned this before. You know, I... I I think that Alton McCaskill is not going to be ready. You know, he still has, I think he's still wearing the non-contact jersey. So I don't know if he's going to be, going to be ready for week one. But Dylan Edwards, Kavosier Smoke, Anthony Hankerson, Charlie Offerdahl, we talked about this last week, but one one more time, uh, say it now, forever hold your peace. What do, who, do you, who do you think is going to get the most carries? 
I, I, he's going to get the most catches, most I think Cavassier Smoke is the guy that I expect to see kind of being the lead back here this opening week. You're, you're going to get some spurts to Dylan Edwards, but let's 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 keep in mind, this is an 18-, 19-year-old kid getting his first chance at college right. football. I don't think he put everything on his shoulders. I think he's going right to get a lot of touches. I think he's going to be out there a lot, and if only because of his threat with his speed, where the defense has to pay attention to him to maybe open some things up for some other guys. Uh, all right, let, let's 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 guess right now. Let's all let's all make our pick. Uh, we, we uh, leading rusher, easier for me to say. After week one, I'm gonna go, Dylan Edwards. I'm taking him. I think just because his possibility for chunk plays, he's a home run waiting to happen every time he touches it. I'm going I, Dylan. I'm gonna go with Shador Sanders because wow. I think as you look at this opening week, right, a lot of moving parts, like we talked about, learning a lot of things. If things are breaking down, I hope to see him utilizing his athleticism, making some plays, building this until we can get this offense really clicking 100%. Ryan, who are you going? I'm going to still say McCaskill. I mean, even if he's wearing the no contact jersey. You think he's going to play? I think he's going to play for sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, receiver, leading receiver. I'm going Travis. Uh, I, I think that he's going to have to... You just get to pick first every time? <laughs> Is that, hey, that, I guess that's the, the beauty of being the host, right? Yeah. I'm going Travis. I don't think that they're going to give him the respect early on. I think they're going to make him prove it, sure. and, and he's going to prove it to him. Yeah. So I'm going Travis. Uh, okay, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan go second. You yeah. get to go second this time. Uh, I mean, obvious choice. You got to go Jimmy Horn. Okay. Jimmy. All right. All right. You, you Jimmy out makes the shots. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to throw a little curveball here. I'm going to say Dylan Edwards. My man catches a big one out of the backfield. Ah, He'll be a leading okay. receiver. Okay. All right. Uh, most tackles. I'm going uh, Levante Bentley. Oh, sorry, Ryan. I should have. God dang it. <laughs> I just, we just went over this. I'm going, I'm going Levante, though. Got to go Bentley. I think we should let Ryan pick first and let him steal Levante Bentley from no, you. I'm going, I'm going Demoy Kennedy. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. I'm going to go with Marvin Ham. You know, he seems like a guy that's kind of more their rock in the middle. He's that sort of downhill guy. So I'm Got gonna experience, go and we've seen him before. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to get want to pick before? Well, yeah, let's do Shadur's uh, stats. Uh, oh, yeah. How many passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions? Ryan, you go first. I'm going to say 312 for three touchdowns and a pick. Oh, I like that style line right there. I'm I'm a little more conservative in my yard. It's like I said, I don't know what we're going to see. He could throw for five. So I hope he does. We're going to go. 245. We're going to go 245 yards passing. Uh, I'm going to say three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, We'll leave the predictions there. I like you guys picking. I don't have to. (laughs) All right, let's talk about CU's defense against TCU's offense. Uh, TCU losing a lot offensively, only bringing back three starters. They lose lose, uh, Max Duggan. They lose three of their top four rushers, uh, Kendra Miller, Amari. And a, a lot of NFL talent that they lost. A lot of guys that were drafted in the NFL. Yeah, Quentin Johnson went to the Chargers. Now remember, Chandler Morris played last year at quarterback. Okay, the Buffs That's, have some tape on yeah, him. Yeah, this yep. is who the they, who came out to start week one against the Buffs, yep. and they injured him and, and enter in Max Duggan. Now here's what I've always said. There's a reason why Sonny Dykes made the change to Max Duggan, but there's also a reason why Duggan's in the NFL right now. So I think Morris could be a handful. He's definitely an athletic quarterback, good talent, so he's going to be someone to watch. Number four, their quarterback, you know, these it, quarterbacks are, are game changers. He's yeah, no you mentioned he's got he's a high upside guy. He can make big plays. He's been known a little bit throughout his career to push a little too much, maybe make some throws, some risky decisions. So there could be some opportunities for turnovers to make some plays for this defense to flip this game. Uh, depth could be an issue at uh, running back. They bring back uh, just a couple guys, but Trey Sanders looks like he's going to get the mo- uh, most of the carries. Transfer from Alabama. 
So they got a couple of transfers from Alabama. One, a receiver, JoJo Earl, and then a, a running back, Trey Sanders. Trey Sanders, uh, number two, like I said, should get the majority of the rock there. And then receiver, number 11, JoJo Earl. We don't know who's going to get the majority of the, of the looks in terms of targets, but uh, he started five games for Alabama. So he's quick. He's 5'10", 170, so he's one of the quick receivers. But Savion Williams is 6'5", 215. So they've got and all he's different He's the lone, like, returning TCU receiver that produced last year. So, who, so, like who, does, so who does Travis guard? Do, do we put Travis on Savion Williams? I mean, 6'5", 215, you got to face guys like that. Travis Hunter at some point is going to have to start facing this NFL talent. And well, and I think you're going to learn a lot point, about like this Buffs defense. Been We've been talked been. about not really knowing what they're going to come out with because I, I think you're going to identify who they find is their best target or best weapon against a big target because you have such an opposite uh, end of the spectrum between Savion Williams and, and JoJo Earl that you're going to see that, right? How, how do you guard it? Do you keep guys on certain sides of the field? Do they have uh, guys traveling? Travis Hunter traveling which, with whatever guy they feel is the biggest threat. That's where you're going to learn a lot. And, and for you know those of us, I think like the three of us, that we love watching football. We love diving into some of these deeper things. Those are some of the things to watch early on, the first possession or two. What does this defense do against these receivers? Sure. Are they going well, man-to-man? Are and it's not, just, it's not just cornerbacks. we got to watch these safeties. But safety is probably the position on defense that I am the most comfortable with. I know sure. that we've got talent, or at least potential talent in the future at cornerback, yeah. but safety, deep, a lot of guys. Um, let's let's talk about this. We've all brought up Cormani McLean, number one overall recruit from the cornerback position, at least widely regarded in the nation. I'm pretty sure I heard this right. I'm pretty sure I didn't mishear this. Coach Prime said in his most recent interview that it's going to be Travis on one side, but on the other side, it's either going to be Omarion Cooper or Carter Stoudemire. Did you guys hear this? I did. Yeah, I heard the same thing, which is weird. It was insane. A guy that's kind of been a little off of all of our radar. And for those of you who are hearing this name for the first time, uh, Carter Stoutmeyer is a freshman out of Plano, Texas, coming in 5'11", 205 pounds. I think a big reason is um, Stoutmeyer came early. And Cormier. I think so. And I mean, that's I mean, a big if he's been with right? the team since, the, I, mean, no, I'm, I mean, look, maybe it's schematic. It's a schematic thing. I, I thought you were referencing it more of like, like they're rewarding him because he was there early. But I think they put the best talent on the field. Well, sure, I but don't I don't know if he necessarily or Cormani knows uh, is well versed in the defense right, right. as as Stoutmeyer. That could be. be the case. But I did hear that, so it's going to be. But that's that's why I brought up that I didn't think Cormani was going to play. Right? No, much. you you were right with that. I was off with that, but. Uh, <laughs> Coach said it may come down to whoever gets off the bus first. That's how close the race is. <laughs> so, but you know what that's going to lead to, unfortunately? Maybe, p- potentially, is that the starter, whoever gets the night, they're going to play tight. I feel like it's like, oh, sh- the first mistake I make, I'm going to get yanked. So, uh, well, I'd be curious to see. I would not be surprised being that it's a lot of young guys we're talking, guys getting their first action at this level, if, if there is a, a built in rotation that you're going to see throughout this, this Listen, first game, anyway. It's college football and it's Sunny Dykes. They're all going to be out there yeah. at one point. <laughs> uh, offensive line, while 73 career starts return, that's nowhere near where they were last year. Last year, they had so many returning starters, and number one in the Big 12, and pretty much no one got hurt. They had depth. They didn't have any injury issues. They're not probably going to have the same luxury this year, and they are losing a lot of starts. Depth at tackle is excellent, but depth at garden center is a major question. So what that tells me for the buffs, pass rushing may be at a bit of a 
deficiency for this game. Focus on when you do rush the passer, maybe more stuff up the middle, right? More more maneuvers up the middle, maybe more blitzes up the middle. Look, you don't want to go exclusive just because they have good tackles, but that's the, the breakdown right now for TCU. Very strong on the outside. The closer you get towards center, the weaker they become. So something to watch for. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. You mentioned the blitzing, right? You, you, there's, they're so deep at safety. They have so many versatile guys, the buffs do, that how do you utilize some guys like that? Maybe bring in a Trevor Woods down into the box, a guy tacking at the attacking at the line of scrimmage. So uh, definitely a, a position to watch inside. And, and again, talking about TCU, how they want to play this game, I think they're going to want to run the ball more. That's tough if you're not producing inside in the interior of the line. All right. Uh, and then special teams. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. TCU, they have ranked... In between 20 and 50 for the last five years, special teams. So very efficient. And that's usually all over the board. So we can expect them to not make a lot of mistakes. They should know their assignments on kickoffs, on punts. Um, and that's very important, as I said, that don't overlook that. Uh, their kicker, uh, Griffin Kell, 17 and 19 field goals last year, tw- uh, 62 of 64 PATs, first team, all Big 12 kicker last year. So... They're going to have their special teams down. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Let's get some score picks before we get out of here today. Should I start with this, Ryan, or should I wrap it up here? Because there's a bit of a disadvantage by going first here, right? Sure. All right. I'll go first. I think Colorado as 20-point underdogs. Now, we're always honest on this show. I think we're one of the few shows, at least for the last couple of years, we may have been the only one last couple of years actually talking Buffs football, but I think we're always honest. You know, when times were down, we didn't sugarcoat much around here, and Part of that is we're not always picking the Buffs to win. So I think that we go on the road, put up a hell of a fight, and these guys show a lot of heart. But I think TCU probably edges them in the end. I'm going to go 31-28. No, I'll go 31-27. I don't think it'll be four touchdowns for the Buffs. I think we had some field goals mixed in there. 31-27, TCU in a, a, a great game. Here's here I stand. Call me a homer all you want. Love it. I look at this team, <laughs> and until I see what they actually produce on the field, I'm looking at the talent that they have on this roster. And the talent they have on this roster tells me this team can win this game. And I think the way they show up, especially with this matchup, right? You have a TCU team. If there was a game to play TCU this year, this is it, right? This is the first game coming up with a huge, huge letdown to end last season, right? Knowing full well there is almost no possibility for you to get back to that height again this year. You lost everything on offense. You lost your quarterback. You lost all your receivers, your running back, your offensive coordinator, who was, in my opinion, the most influential reason why TCU was where they were last year. I don't think you can undersell that. I'll tell you right now, watch Clemson's offense this year with Garrett Riley at the helm. I promise you that offense takes a huge step forward. So in my mind, I look at a TCU team that doesn't know their identity, doesn't know what they're going to be this year, and a Buffs team that is hungry. A lot of guys who want to prove something. I think the Buffs come out, and I think they smack my mouth in the mouth a little bit early on, and I think they have enough in them to hold it out. I'm going to take the Buffs 27-21 in this game. All right, Ryan, what do you got? Producer Ryan. You know, man, I'm I'm just so excited. Um, So I don't know what to expect from this team. I don't think anybody really does. So I'm going to be a fan, and I'm going to go with, um, you know, I think it's going to be a tough game back and forth. Um, but I think um, I, th- I think the TCU lacks an identity to me, and I think that CU is going to come into this game having an identity, having that swagger to keep them going for four quarters. I'm going to go Buffs 31, TCU 
28. You guys making me look bad on here. You both taking the buffs. If they win, I'm gonna feel horrible. I'm gonna. It's not not a great look. Book. It's better to go. That I want to be honest. Though, you know. Yeah, you know, I want to be honest with this. Be stuff. honest with yourself. All I right. Think, I think anyone. If 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 Ryan and I are being honest with ourselves, you just said it. If you're picking the bus right now, it's it's your fan. Oh right yeah, now. and I'm not. Every odds maker's telling you you're wrong, right? right. You're you're way wrong. Twenty points. But when wrong. I look at this man, I I think the world is going to be shocked when they see. I'm the not not going to be excited about this. You know, let's it's go. like let's go. I'm going to wake up early. I mean, it's going to be like Christmas. 10 I don't know if I'll be able to sleep. This I whole know. week has been brutal. <laughs> Honestly, I woke up this morning thinking we were like already to the weekend. It's it's barely Wednesday, folks. 10 a.m. Saturday morning on Fox. Let's go, Buffs. We'll oh. talk to you next week right here on the Buffs Nation podcast.